That's the difference. Now, what do we do when the daily devotions and prayers don't seem enough? That's when we get down to business in seeking God. The enemy does not want you to seek God. The enemy wants you discouraged as a church. My wife leaned over to me a while ago and, and said, well, the church seems to be a little bit discouraged. And I turned back to her and I said, I've got the message. I want you to read with me and notice with me, if you would, please, 1 Kings chapter 18. And follow with me. This is Elijah. Elijah's first mentioned, 1 Kings chapter 17. In fact, if you've got your Bible, go to 17 chapter 1. That's, uh, I like the study of first mention. Because when you do the study of first mention, you find out the beginning of a character or a principle precept or a biblical theology or truth. So chapter 17, verse 1, first mention of Elijah says, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab the king, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Notice what Elijah the prophet saying. He said, it's not going to rain unless I say so. Right now the rain's going to stop and it won't start again until I say so. That's exactly what he's saying. Now go, if you would please, to chapter 18, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. It doesn't say that he prayed, but how many people believe that that's what he's doing? Let, let me take a poll. How many believe that that's what, what it's saying? It's saying that he went and he put his head down between his I believe it's saying, now I, I think it's just kind of understood that he's praying. Anybody say amen? amen? Okay. Verse 43. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. There is nothing. You have prayed. You've sought God. You put your character on the line saying that when you say it's going to rain, it's going to rain. And now you've even told in verse 41, you've already told the king that I hear the abundance of rain. And now I've gone and looked and there is nothing. You promised Lone Grove that they're going to have the right pastor. You, you promised Lone Grove that there's going to be a revival. You promised Lone Grove that they're going to reach this community for Jesus Christ, that there's going to be a last day's revival in Lone Grove Assembly of God Church. But right now we're without. Please understand the parallel. And said to his servant, go up, now look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times... Seven times Elijah said, go look, go look, go look. Seven times, go again. Verse 44, then it came to pass the seventh time that the servant said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So Elijah said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. 
Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain, so Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins. He ran ahead of the, of the chariot, the horse and chariot of Ahab, to the entrance. Seventeen miles, he outran a horse. Pretty incredible. If you would, let's, let's get something. Seeking God when the answer is delayed. At this time, Ahab and his wife, Jezebel, are ruling the kingdom of Israel. The, the nation of Israel is split. There's the northern kingdom called Israel, with the capital of Samaria, southern kingdom called Judah, with the capital of Jerusalem. We're talking about the northern kingdom. In 1 Kings 16, 33, it says, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. He was a bad guy, and his wife was worse. Jezebel. Makes you want to spit every time you say her name. Jezebel. 1 Kings 17 and 1, that scripture first mentioned, Elijah pronounced a judgment of no rain for years on Israel and added that only at his word would it rain. 1 Kings 18 and 41, Elijah gave the word for the rain to come. Please note this. He gave the, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. What we find, if you will, in James chapter 5 and 17, not in this story, but uh, only in James do we find the length of time. In James chapter 5, verse 17, it says it had been three years and six months with no rain. So it had been this time period. I want you to notice with me, and let's understand something in this process of this miracle. And that is the first thing I see is, is this. For Elijah, seeking God for rain, there was a time of no answer. For Elijah, seeking God for the rain, there was a time of nothing. For Elijah, seeking God for the rain, there was a time of no rain. There wasn't a cloud, there wasn't a drop, there was nothing. No rain at all. In verse 33, Elijah's servant came back and said again, there is nothing out there. There was no cloud, there was no thunder, there was no indication that the prayer was getting through. It seemed like God was asleep. It seemed like God wasn't answering their particular... Maybe I'm not holding my mouth right. Maybe I'm not fasting enough. Maybe I'm not this. Many times that's exactly what many of us go through. Maybe I should fast more. Maybe I should do this. And I'm praying, I'm seeking God, but I'm seeing nothing. 1 Kings 18 and 44, on the seventh time, the seventh time that the servant was sent out to look, there was a small cloud. Six times the servant looked and saw nothing. Please get that. Six times, no evidence that any of the prayers were being heard. This is like the doctor telling the ca cancer patient, there's no change, the tumor is the same. See, my, my brother had cancer, and, and the doctors uh, said that he had six months to live. And that was three years ago and he's healed. Thank God. And the reality is, this is like being told the tumor's still growing. Are you with me? I'm praying, I'm seeking God, but the answer is delayed. Uh, this is like the employer telling the man laid off, business hasn't picked up and we, and we have no new contracts. This is like the teenager coming home to mom and dad and saying, my life's a mess, I've made so many mistakes and I don't wanna live. 
You've been praying for your children. You've been praying for your grandkids. And you've been praying for God to bring value and direction to their lives. And now they come in and just say, I don't want to even live. It's at these times when there is nothing. It's at these times when you're seeking God, you're praying, and you're fasting, and you're believing. It's at these times that you really need to know how to bear down and seek God earnestly in prayer. And that is where this church is. You need to know how to bear down and really seek God in prayer and hang on to the answer. If you would, please, let me give you three points. This is what we need to be doing as a church. Number one, make a profession of faith. Now, I, I, there have been a lot of preachers that have perverted this doctrine, but if you would, let me say this. Don't kick out the baby with the bathwater. There's good in this as well, and it's very biblical. Now, you can say, Cadillac, 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 all you want to, but just because you said it doesn't mean you're going to get it. Are you with me? So please understand, this doctrine has been perverted, but at the same time, it's very true, and I want you to get it. In verse 41, Elijah told Ahab, there is a sound of abundance of rain. Question, be ready to answer. Here it is. It's a little bit, no, it's not difficult. Was there a sound? There was nothing. Back in verse 41, there was nothing. But look what Elijah's doing. Elijah's making a profession of faith. It hadn't happened yet. But he, he said this. He said, notice with me, 40, 41, there is a sound of abundance of rain. There wasn't a cloud, there wasn't a thunder, there wasn't a raindrop, but he's making a profession of faith. What did the servant see after six prayer meetings? Now, again, I believe that between each time the servant was sent, I believe he was praying. Now, it's not given, it's not in the story, but I believe that's understood. I believe, honestly, as a, as a preacher this morning, I believe it's understood that this church is praying for your next pastor. And if you're not, shame on you. Are you with me? So please understand, when, when, when did the servants, what did the servants see after six meetings? And he saw nothing after six times of praying. This was Elijah's profession of faith because according to verse 43, again, there was absolutely nothing. What was Elijah hearing? By faith, he said, rain is coming. By faith, Lone Grove Assembly of God is going to get the right pastor. By faith, Lone Grove Assembly of God is going to see a revival fire, and there's going to be a revival fire set in this church that is going to destroy apathy, going to take away indifference. It is going to destroy disunity and strife, and you're going to come together as one, and you're going to go forward for Jesus Christ. By faith. Anybody say amen with me? It's time. It's time. Now, and let me tell you, church, we're in the last days. Jesus is coming back. It's time to quit playing church. It's time to quit coming to church for any other reason other than building the kingdom of God. You're not here to make contract deals. You're not here to sell something. You're not here to get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You're not here to show off your latest fashion. We're here to reach this, king, this nation, this city for the cause of Jesus Christ. We're here to increase the population of heaven and decrease the population of hell. That's why we exist. 
Oh, if you will, if we don't stand in faith, we quit, we give up, and we let the enemy win. In Mark 11 and 24, it says, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Thank God for that promise. Our profession of faith must be based on God's Word. Can you say amen? First John, if you will, chapter 5, verse 14, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So there's the key. I want my profession, please look at me and get this. Your profession of faith must align with God's will. What is God's will for Lone Grove Assembly of God Church? I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, God's will for Lone Grove Assembly of God Church is this, in the last days, thus saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. This is the last days. I believe God wants to pour out of his spirit on Lone Grove Assembly of God Church. I believe that. Why? Because God said it. Notice with me, if you would. Our, our profession of faith is based upon the Word of God. If you will, when the doctor says it's cancer and the size of the tumor hasn't changed, you can either begin to plan the funeral or you can begin to stand on God's Word. And that is 1 Peter 2 and 24, by His stripes we were healed. And Isaiah 53 and 5, with His stripes we are healed. Anybody say Amen. Uh, when the employer says the layoff looks like it'll be a long one, we've given you that rift, that reduction in force, and you're laid off. You can either begin to sell everything you have, or you can get you a promise of God and a profession of faith. You can say Philippians 4:19, my God shall supply my every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, you can claim as a promise, uh, Matthew 6 and 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff will be added to you. See, when your teenager says, I've made too many mistakes to live, there's no way out of this. There's no hope for me. You can either kick them out of the house or you can claim God's word. You can claim Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he grows old, he'll not depart from it. Claim that promise for your kids. I brought them to church. They know the difference between right and wrong. God, bring them back. If you will, Luke 4 and 18, Jesus came to be able to deliver, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to recovery of sight to the blind, and to release the oppressed. God doesn't want anybody living in bondage. God doesn't want your kids, your grandkids as drug addicts. Uh, he doesn't want them bound or under some type of dominion of any force. God wants to set the captives free. So if you would, like Elijah, we need a, a profession of faith. Let me ask you, what is your profession of faith for your home for your family, because we need a personal one. What is your profession of faith for Lone Grove Assembly of God Church? And we need to be saying, God, I know that you want to give the right pastor. I, I believe, Father, that you're going to bring the right one. We're not going to settle. We, we believe that this is a valid church. This is a beautiful church. Man, you've got a great facility. Can I tell you that? I, I've been in a number of churches, and man, you've got, you have no excuse. There is no excuse for this church not to go forward in building the kingdom of God. Man, uh, Ardmore, 20,000, you're a sub, suburb of Ardmore. You can't hardly tell when you leave Ardmore and come into Lone Grove. And so the reality is, and, and I know the churches in, Long, in Ardmore, there is not a powerful Pentecostal church in this region. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be here. We want this church to be the powerful Pentecostal church in this region. 
I, I believe we need to leave our community and we say, just God, use it as far as you want to use it. Right. Yes. See, quit being beat up. Just because God hadn't brought the right one doesn't mean the right one's not out there. There's somebody out there that's praying for this church. There's somebody out there that when they hit here, it, it, you're going to know it. And the reality is God's going to bless it. And this church is going to go forward for Jesus Christ. Get your profession of faith. Not woe is me. It's so bad. It's terrible. And it's going to get worse. No, it's not bad. No, it's not terrible. Suck it up, buck up, and expect the best. Amen? Okay. Number two. Now, I love you, and I wouldn't preach to you if I didn't, okay? But you, 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 I'm a preacher, and you need to be preached to, okay? Uh, number two, pray earnestly. Don't make a profession of faith if you don't pray. Are you with me? Because now you made your profession of faith. Now pray for it. Uh, verse 41, Elijah said, there is the sound of abundance of rain. Verse 42, he bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees. And it doesn't say pray, but I believe that's pretty evident. Now, a profession of faith must be followed by prayer. Pray for that profession. We want our church, uh, Long Grove Assembly of God Church is experiencing a spirit of revival. God, now we pray for revival. Um, don't make a profession of faith without falling in prayer. Elijah went to prayer. Elijah knew how to get down to business in praying. And church, you've got to get there. In James 5, 17 and 18, Elijah was a man like us. We're all alike. We all breathe and, and there's no difference. We're flesh and blood. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months, and then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain. I'm going to tell you, God honors the prayer of his people. You need to pray. You need to seek him. Elijah prayed earnestly. What does that mean? Uh, Elijah prayed earnestly. Earnest prayer comes from a cry of desperation. We're, we're leaving the little ditty prayer. God bless our food and thank you for the food. And that's great. Thank you, Lord, for the food. Now we're getting down to business. My baby's about to die and I want to touch her throne for a miracle touch of my grandbaby. Are you with me? Now, we're not talking about a intensive care grandbaby. We're talking about an intensive care church. Because your church is right now in intensive care. Um, it doesn't take much observation. You need a powerful children's pastor. You need a powerful youth pastor. You need a powerful pastor to lead. You need a deacon board with a vision, with a passion to be able to take this church forward. Anybody say amen? amen. That's where we're at. And so we've got to get earnest. Elijah prayer was an earnest prayer. Earnest prayer comes from a heart touched by the need. And it needs to be 100% of this congregation. It shouldn't be just the deacon board. Let me tell you, one of the most difficult times for your deacon board is while going without a pastor. Right. And they need your prayers. They don't need your criticism. They need your prayers. They need you to support them. Let me say, I'm out there on that limb by myself. Let me just keep on out there. And that is, is this. You need to keep paying your tithes. 
Because I'm going to tell you, financially, this church right now needs you to continue to be faithful in your giving. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I appreciate the opportunity to come and let me preach to you. And, and I made a pledge that I'll, I'll come and preach to you until you get you a pastor or until you get fed up with me and say, well, get rid of that dude. You know, but, but I'm here to preach to you. But God's got better ahead. Don't settle for second best. Great things are coming. That's your profession of faith. Now pray for it. Earnest prayer comes from the depth of your soul wanting to see God's hand at work. We want to see God's hand at work in this church, in our lives. Now kneeling in prayer is humbling ourselves with an overwhelming need and taking it to an all-sufficient God. I'm going to be given an altar call at the conclusion. I would like 100% of the people kneeling in prayer. Uh, uh, many of you coming around the front of this church. If you say, well, I've never even prayed in this church for the, I'm going to say, shame on you. You need to get down to business praying and seeking God. Amen. Kneeling and praying earnestly is coming to and expecting an answer from God. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. If you'll notice James chapter 1 verse 6, it instructs us to ask in faith without doubting. Uh, if if you're uh, a student of the Word, James 4 and 2 says this, you receive not because you ask not. Are you asking? Are you asking for revival? Are you asking for lost souls to come in? Are you asking? I, I said last week, and again, I kind of got out there on the limb, but I said last week, this church is far too white. Are you asking for black and for Hispanic and, and for some color to come into the church? Are you asking for some young people to come in? Well, we need some young people. There are Assembly of God churches that are dying and closing the doors because the people are dying. If you don't reach the younger people and you've got as many gray heads as this, the reality is it's, it, the doors are going to be closed when you guys die. And what you've got to do is you've got to get the younger people in here. James 4 and 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. We're going to humble ourselves and pray. See, there's a difference between daily devotional prayers and bearing down earnestly in prayer. From Elijah, we learn how to seek God. Number one, get your profession of faith. Number two, pray, seek God earnestly. And then here's the last one, and that is be persistent. Be persistent in your prayers. There we go. Be persistent. Notice with me 1 Kings 18, uh, verse 44. It says, seven, the seventh time of looking was when the answer came. Seventh time. Six times the servant came back and said, there's nothing. But it wasn't until the seventh time that he came back and said, there's a cloud about the size of a hand. What if Elijah had given up after the fourth time, there'd been no answer. What if Elijah had given up after the fifth time? What if Elijah had given up after the sixth time? It wasn't until the seventh time. See, what I've learned about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit doesn't always move on my schedule. What if those in the upper room, the day of Pentecost, Pentecost is 50 days from if you remember with me, Pentecost is 50 days from Passover. Jesus Christ was on the cross Friday evening prior to that most holy day, Passover. 
because that particular year, Passover landed on the Sabbath. God's timing is perfect. So Jesus is on the cross that Friday evening just prior to sundown when that Sabbath day was Passover. 50 days is Pentecost. Jesus showed himself with many infallible proofs for 40 days. So says Acts chapter 1. So we find from Friday to Sunday, Jesus is very busy kicking the teeth out of the devil, destroying the grave. And, and then he arises again on Sunday morning. And then for 40 days, he shows himself with many infallible proofs. So, so that's 47 days. But then there's the 50th day. Here's the question. How long were they in the upper room prior to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? They were up there seven days, approximately seven days. What if they'd give up seeking God on day five? What if they'd give up seeking God on day six? See, the, it was not until the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit was poured out. Please understand this. Sometimes God delays. Uh, here's a good question. Were they in the upper room? Were they in God's will on day one? Yeah, they was exactly where, God where Jesus told them, go in the city and tarry and you'll be endued with powerful. They were exactly where Jesus told them to be. I'm going to tell you, church, you're exactly where Jesus wants you to be. Uh, were they in God's will on day three? Were they in God's will on day four? Yeah, they were right where Jesus wanted them to be. But when the Holy Spirit was poured out, there was 120. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and this is not my notes, but I just feel I need to give it to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there was an assembly where there was over 500 gathered together. It says that Jesus appeared to them, over 500. What I want to say is on the day of Pentecost, where's the 380? There's 120. There's 500 people that heard Jesus' challenge to go and tarry, but now where's the 380? They bailed out. They missed the timing of God. I'm going to tell you, this church, please listen to me. Hang on. Uh, those that maybe are not coming, tell them they need to get themselves back in here. They need to get faithful to church again. This church needs to be growing as you get a new pastor because there's an anticipation of what God's about to do. The Lord's about to pour out of His Spirit. I don't want to be like the 380. I want to be like the 120. And it's the same here with Elijah. Elijah stayed persistent in prayer. Jesus said, ask and you receive. Seek and you find. Knock and it will be open unto you. You go back to the original Greek of those words and I'm doing what they say. It means ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Now, I know there's some people that have a misconception that I pray for at one time. And if God doesn't answer, then, then God just must say no. I'm going to tell you, you're wrong in your prayer life. Some things come only through much prayer and fasting. So you've got to, if you know you're in God's will, is it God's will to pour out of His Spirit upon Long Grove Assembly of God Church? Beyond a shadow of a doubt. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're praying according to His will. And so now you need to ask and keep asking. You need to seek and keep seeking. You need to knock and keep knocking. Be persistent in your prayer life. Amen. 
Well, I'm not running for anything, thank God. You're not voting on me, hallelujah. But let me preach to you. When God began to bring the rain, did Elijah believe for the fulfillment, the complete fulfillment of the promise? It's not just going to sprinkle. It's really, really going to rain. Verse 44, a little cloud was seen in the distance. Church, look for the cloud. I appreciate what our brother said a while ago about the interviews this past week. That's a little bit of a cloud in the distance. You know, when you get good reports, man, we've, we've got a good candidate. We've got somebody here that we're going to bring before the body. Boy, there's a little cloud. Look for the cloud. Look for the answer to come. See, a little cloud became a big rain. What we want for this church is the little cloud to become a big revival, an awakening for this church, a new direction. Trust me, you're about to get a new pastor. And the reality is you want a pastor with a heart and it's okay for the church to have some things that you, you suggest to your pastor. Very important. Like, for example, do you want a prayer line? It'd be great uh, up front. You know, Pastor, what we've been doing is we've been, because I'm going to tell you, as a, somebody coming in, the reality is, does this church believe in prayer? I, I kind of just step out there, but the reality is, I believe that we ought to pray for the sick every service. I believe that when we gather together, we ought to give an opportunity for God to move and God to do the miraculous. Yeah. And what you need to do is you need to, as a body, say, well, Pastor, we love to have a prayer line every... Telling that, man, great, I'm glad you do. Man, I'm there with you. See, I believe that the pastor coming together with the church is like a marriage. It is. You share the same vision. You go in the same direction. You want the same things. And God's got that for you. I'm going to say it again. Don't settle for anything other than God's will. Amen. Then Elijah pulled together his garment. And this is included. Uh, when you do the math and do a little bit of a map, he ran 17 miles. And he outran Ahab and the chariot and the horses. That, that's a miracle. So here we got this dude, this guy, out running a horse and a chariot for 17 miles. So that's a pretty big deal. What do I think that was? I think that was his, prayer, his praise meeting. I think he was thanking the Lord. Thank you, 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 Lord. Man, rain, it's coming. It's coming. There's a little bit of mud on my feet, but I'm going, I'm going. Church, I believe that the praise and the worship time is coming. Uh, six months from now, you look back, you got the right pastor, the church is in revival, and you're going to say, thank God we hung on. Thank God that we persisted in prayer, and thank God for his answer. It's going to happen. Why? Because we're praying and seeking God according to his will. This is what we do when the answer is delayed. Number one, get your profession of faith. What is it that you want to see God do? Number two, pray earnestly. Pray that profession. Number three, be persistent. Hang on. Don't give up. Don't bail out. 
If there's ever a time that you need one another, it's right now. And you need to be able to look over your shoulder and see each other, and we're in this together. We're going to hang on to the end. And God has got better things ahead. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the challenge of your word for Long Grove Assembly of God. Thank you, Lord, that your plan for this church is a good one. That, Lord, better days are ahead. And in fact, Lord, we believe that the best is yet to come. And Father, I pray for these deacons that, Lord, you would honor them as they do these interviews. God, please help them. Give them wisdom and knowledge, discernment, understanding. I pray, Father, that whoever the candidate may be, that, Lord, when that candidate is brought, it would be according to your will. And then, Lord, may there be a unity in this church. May they be able to say the same thing, want the same thing, have the same passion, drive, and desire for your perfect will. So, Father, take this church from where it is now to where you want it to be. And, Father, now I pray for not the church, but for the individual. I pray for my brothers and sisters and for the teenagers that are here this morning, and they've been seeking you for this answer. They've been wanting to see your hand at work in this particular need, and there's been such a delay from the time that they've been praying, and the answer has not come yet. And Father, just because there's this delay doesn't mean that it's no. I pray for them, Father. I pray that you would help them and that, Lord, they could earnestly seek you, that they would get that profession of faith and that they would persevere, that they would be persistent in their prayer. And Father, I ask that you would openly and mightily and very specifically minister even this morning with your encouragement. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I first want to give an opportunity for salvation. There may be somebody here this morning that you're away from the Lord, and maybe it's been a while since you've been close to Jesus. Maybe you've never known him at all. I would love to have a sinner's prayer with you seated right there where you are. I'm not going to ask you to stand and walk to the front. I want to pray with you a sinner's prayer right there where you are. And you need to come back to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, Jesus loves you. And Jesus is right there where you left him, ready for you to come and pick him up. So you're here this morning and say, hey, Pastor Gary, what I need more than anything else, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. If you allow me to lead you in that prayer, right there where you're seated, would you raise your hand? You need to rededicate your life. It's time for you to raise your hand and just let me see where you are because I want to lead you in a sinner's prayer, making your heart and right, your heart and life right with the Lord. Any at all. God bless your hearts. Congregation, would you stand with me, please? I'm going to ask this question for this time of prayer with eyes open and all of us looking around because I don't believe that this is one of those things that it's, it's so much personal, but it's that honestly, if, if I were a part of this body, I would want to know if one of my brothers or sisters was in this category. And that is you're here this morning and you've been praying earnestly for something, maybe for the salvation of a lost husband, lost wife, 
Maybe the salvation of lost children, lost grandchildren. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's financial need. And the list of needs is endless. But you've been praying, seeking God for a time period and the answer's not yet come. You're here this morning, standing right there where you are. You'd like prayer. Would you raise your hand? Father, I pray for every hand right now across this congregation that is raised. And Lord, here are our brothers and our sisters. They've been seeking you. And Lord, we know that it's your will to bring the answer. And Father, there's been just this delay. We're still praying for our lost grandchildren. We're still praying for our lost children. We're still seeking you, Father, for that leading, the guiding of your Holy Spirit. We're asking you, Lord, for the restoration of that marriage and that home. We're praying, Father, we're seeking you, but we've just not seen it yet. And Father, I pray that right now through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would encourage each one. Lord, may everyone be persistent in their prayer. May each one get their profession based upon your word, your promise to be able to hang on to. And Lord, we pray. We pray, we seek you. We seek you, Lord, right now. And we pray that in, in these needs, that Lord, you would be manifested as the answer. So Lord, may, the, may we begin to see the cloud. May we begin to see the fulfillment of the promise. We ask for your blessing. We ask for your help, Father. In Jesus' name. I want to ask the whole congregation, those that would come around the front, kneel and pray for this church. If you can't come here for some reason, you feel at liberty to sit down where you're at if your knees are bad and you can't come and kneel. But I would like to ask everyone that physically are capable of coming around the front of this church to kneel and pray because we're going to get earnest about praying for Lone Grove. Father, right now, Thank you for the move to the altar. Thank you for these that are willing to humble themselves, kneel in prayer, and to seek your face. And Lord, now we come earnestly. Even our body position coming earnestly. Coming earnestly. <laughs> we earnestly seek you. We come earnestly, Lord, seeking your face, Lord. We come earnestly asking for your blessing, for your revival, for your awakening. We know your promise, Father, that you want to pour out of your spirit. We know that you want to reach the lost even more than we want to reach them. So, Lord, when we pray for the lost, we know that you hear us. Lord, reach out to the lost in Lone Grove and in this uh, Ardmore area. And, Lord, remove the limitations upon this body of believers. May we anticipate more. God, we want more. We want more of your anointing, more of your equipping, more of your empowering, more of your prevailing. We want you. We want to be a church on fire for Jesus Christ. We want to be a church revived. We want to be a church growing, Lord, for you, building, building your kingdom. We want to be a tool that you can build with, Lord. 
use this church. Use this church. Father, we pray. Open the floodgates of heaven. We feel the rain of your love. We feel the wind of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven. Let us hear. 